Thank you uh, for joining us for episode 12 of Head Start. This is a weekly podcast to help Liberty's adult and student ministry life life group leaders prepare for the upcoming lesson. So uh, as we do this, we want to do, uh, I guess we could call this a segment, Uh, the segment we're going to call Get to Know You, all right? So here's the uh, question that these guys have had, I don't know, seconds to prepare for in their mind. It's been racing quickly through their mind. So here it is. If you could meet any living person for dinner, who would you pick and why? There it is. Okay. So at the table is Tim, Kyle, and Brian. And they Everybody's are grimacing. No one's running to the front of the line to answer this question first. <laughs> so I'll ask Kyle to go ahead and answer oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Good gracious. Um, so many of the people that I would want to eat are dead. Poor meat. Okay. That's another category. That went deep in a hurry. Sounds like criminal minds to me. With okay, um, good gracious. Um, I don't know. I'll probably you want a few more seconds. I mean, if you have one off the top I, of I your got you, head, I got you. Go, okay, here we go. go for yeah, it. This one actually came to me, uh, somewhat quickly. So, very few of the astronauts who went around the moon okay. back in the 1960s yes. are still uh, with us at this point, uh, but some of them are. And actually, the one that I would want to sit down and have dinner with is not, uh, he, he never got to land on the moon, Jim Lovell, uh, okay. who was on Apollo 8, the first ship that escaped Earth's gravity uh, ever, and then the guy on Apollo 13 as well that, that didn't wow. quite get to touch down. Uh, he's still alive, and he's always been a hero of mine. So one that. of, like, I think two or three of the original Apollo astronauts who's still married to the same woman that he was during uh, during those days, most of them uh, that's, got that's divorced cool. or, or went through whatever, but he's one of the ones who stayed with it. So that's I'll good. go ahead and go and throw mine out there. Mine's not such, you know, out of this world kind of. That's <laughs> 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 on it today, guys. Yes. <laughs> but had his uh, oatmeal this morning. Yes, I did, as a matter of fact. Um, so um, back in the day, uh, I was I rode my bicycle a lot like a lot. And so I was really into paying attention to uh, cycling and the big races, the uh, the Paris-Roubaix and the, the tour of lots of different ones like the Tour de France. And I'd watch those kind of things. And one of the guys, Lance Armstrong, was dominating for so many years. And I was personally a huge fan of Lance Armstrong. and But he was accused often of cheating. I didn't believe it. Well, later it became factual that he did, and I'd love to just talk with a fella. Uh, you know, back in the day, I was a huge fan, and then such disappointment. Wow. But anyhow, that's 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 the one I listed. So, all right, who's cool. next? I'll go next. I'll, I'll do an obvious one. Uh, it, football season's coming up. Why yeah, not Nick Saban? Sure. Yeah. Go with the greatest of all time. <laughs> and he is the and uh, learn, learn more about the process of perfection, you know. Yeah, to, there it is. But, uh, yeah, I would, I would love to sit down with a Nick Saban and uh, just pick his brain about how he takes uh, young talent uh, and develops mm-hmm. uh, if they stay with the process and the program 
and develops them beyond where they were. Yeah. And uh, just just to hear more about that. So well, real spiritual there. We'll go not, with Roll Tide Roll. Yeah, not just players, but he does that with coaches also. He does. Because he brings in coaches year after year. Program. Yes, right. it's a, it really is impressive. Okay. Uh, he, he does have an ability to develop people. And yes. so since we're all about disciple-making and learning how to develop yes. people, uh, you know, what parallels might there be to yeah. uh, a process and a program and the process of investing into people to yeah. to grow to be more like Christ? So, sound like a camp staffer with that debrief yeah, right there. That's that pretty good. Winning it. Yeah. it in. Okay. So mine is going to be um, completely different. Um, Gus Mel's on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gus Mel's on. Yes. Why not Tommy Tuberville? Uh, He's out there. So. Okay. No, if, if you know me, you know I like history. And yes. um, so, again, all, all the people that I would like to eat with um, <laughs> would already be dead uh, at this point um, off the top of my head. But I'd probably go with either an Andrew Roberts or a Ron Chernow. And these are... Who? Who? Who in the world? Uh, <laughs> 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 this they, these are uh, these are historians that I love to, to read. Historians? <laughs> well, I didn't just like history, yeah. so now I know why. So. <laughs> I just... Uh, I just love the insight that they, they oh, bring. That's cool. So, okay. yeah, it's... I've thought of Michael Jordan. I thought of these other sure. people, but um, thought of Nick Saban. I don't know. Yeah. Just <laughs> you know, these people study these great men and women, and I, that's just, cool. I would love to just hear the stories that they've uncovered. That's, so, that's cool. Neat, neat stuff. All right. Well, fellas, thank you for sharing. Uh, I think it's fun to get to know each other in, in this way, and so we'll try to keep it brief and keep moving. Uh, I want to talk to leaders just really quick about uh, an e-group that will begin on August the sixteenth. We'll be launching all of our e-groups. That's coming up really soon, uh, and from 6 until 7.30. Specifically, I want to speak to you as life group leaders. I want to invite you. I want to encourage you. I want to urge you. I want to double dog dare you uh, to sign up and be a part of, and specifically, uh, a group that I get the privilege of leading. Uh, it's going to be a group, uh, an e-group called Conversations with God. So if prayer is talking to God, then why don't we pray more, mm. right? Uh, in his book, Praying the Bible, Donald Whitney uh, suggests the reason that we don't pray more is because we get bored. <laughs> we get bored because we say the same old thing about the same old thing over and over and over again. And so that's what we're going to do is we're going to challenge that, we're going to confront that, and we're going to look at the idea of praying the Bible. We're going to look at God's Word, and we're going to, uh, that's one of the things that we will practice. Uh, so I just want to encourage you as a life group leader, as we talked about this past Sunday uh, or at our uh, leader meeting, the leader training that we did, winning the battle for our mind. And we individually are responsible for that. We must spend time in God's Word. We must do this thing that we call prayer talking to God. And so let's learn a method. There's nothing wrong with us as believers. Maybe the issue is our method. Uh, so let's come together. Let's learn about this practice. Maybe you do it already, or maybe you don't. I want to encourage you to come be a part of this class as we start on uh, Wednesday, August the 16th. Again, 6 to 7.30. Go to our website, sign up for it. Love for you to be a part. All right. Now, our 
major task uh, for our time together today is to look at, uh, as we continue in this uh, meandering through the book of Philippians, uh, uh, this coming Sunday we'll be looking specifically at Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. So, uh, Tim, if you would just uh, walk us through this passage, some insights about that uh, as we prepare to guide a discussion on this passage. Okay, thank you, Matt, and uh, certainly one that uh, practiced conversations with God often uh, is the Apostle Paul, and and so that's what we lean into in our text, verses 3 through 11. Uh, Basically, to me, there's two big sections here. Paul starts out with an overflowing of gratitude and thanksgiving, and he kind of announces that uh, his love and, and, and thanksgiving for them that leads him right into a natural overflow of prayer for them. And so we'll kind of look at it that way of, of what was bringing great joy into Paul's life. And one of those things, as he was sitting in prison, uh, he still overflowed with joy and thanksgiving. And um, certainly his relationship with his Savior gave him that joy, but it was also a relationship with a people that he had the gospel in common with. And these are the saints that are at Philippi. And so let's just jump right in and kind of highlight verse by verse. And um, Kyle and Matt and Brian can jump in at any point. Uh, but but Paul is, um, once he gives the greeting, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he starts out of the gate. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy. And so that is a bold statement, Uh, not just that he thanks God, but he says, in all my remembrance of you. Now, as good as this church may have been, they were not perfect. And we can read in Acts chapter 16 that even the beginning of uh, this gospel community in Philippi uh, had people that came from uh, just diverse background and uh, they were not a perfect people uh, to uh, by any means. But Paul says, in all my remembrance. Now, from South Alabama, when he says all my remembrance, he's remembering the very best. But he's also remembering the, the, um, the difficulties and the imperfections of these people. Yet, he can still say, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer. And so it gives us an insight into the apostle here that uh, his, his discipline in a daily life was one of a continuous prayer. Not that he walked around in a trance, but that he was just in an attitude of prayer. And as he thought about believers, and this group of believers was fresh on his mind, he just overflowed with thanksgiving and prayer. And he, he talked about... Um, in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. So not only was he grateful as he remembered the good and bad, but he overflowed with joy for them because I think he was remembering uh, the power of the gospel in the midst of the, the believers at Philippi. So Paul found a joy of remembering. And, you know, it, it's my 25th year at Liberty Baptist, and uh, I found great joy 
in, in my sabbatical time of just looking back and reflecting and remembering where God has brought me through this time frame, but also how he has ministered to me through a people called Liberty Baptist Church. And so, um, you know, there is great joy when we take time to stop and reflect and remember uh, the blessing of God's people in our life. And that's uh, really falls in line with one of the questions right out of the uh, out of the gate uh, in the curriculum. Um, who do you thank God for placing in your life, and how has this yeah. person or group of people made an impact on you? And you can really get to know a lot about uh, a person by um, the people that they're thankful for and why they're thankful for them and the impact that others have made on them. So um, just right out of the gate, that's a really good question to, to open up some, some solid conversation in your group. We think about in, in our culture, we hear a lot about anxiousness and depression, and I found that uh, when those struggles are present, uh, a good practice is to, is to make that list of who, who are you thankful for, what are you thankful, thankful for, to, to look back and see how God has been present and active in your life and to, to make that list. Uh, so that's really cool, a good, helpful way. Also goes to just our regular struggle with contentment that mm. we all have. Uh, thankfulness is the is the um, prescription that the Lord gives us to heal mm-hmm. that sickness of jealousy and discontent. So. Well, right in line with that is the other question that is right here um, in the curriculum, and it's you know how are you tempted to take those who have blessed you for granted? Mm. And um, so, just uh, whether it's um, completely forgetting them all together or just forgetting to thank God for them. Um, how often do I fail to thank God for uh, the people around me, the opportunities around me, and you know, how does ongoing thanksgiving help us to avoid taking people and, and circumstances and, and gifts for granted? Um, yeah, one thing we learn about Paul as you read through his prayers in the New Testament, and a couple of them here in Philippians, is that he rarely thanked God for things, material possessions. He always was thankful uh, for people and uh, the the spiritual things, the power of the gospel, and and so uh, it just enhances our. Um, encouragement i think today to to not only lead our class members to think about being thankful and who has invested in their life with the gospel mission and ministry uh, but ourselves to be thankful and when i was on sabbatical very first sunday in my home church uh, coach mckinney walked up to me and uh, he was a coach in high school who uh, led our FCA, who organized students for Bible study, but he was the same man on the field, off the field, and he cared about students, and he poured in. had a great impact on my life. So uh, take time to uh, reflect upon who's invested in your life. And that's what Paul is doing, going all the way back to Lydia and an open heart that God led him and his team uh, to a group that was praying, and they were receptive to the gospel, and uh, then they rolled out after uh, their hearts were surrendered to Christ, they rolled out hospitality, and uh, there that gospel community began to grow. And that's what Paul says in, in um, verse 5. He said, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, and so uh, he was going back, maybe remembering that 
Philippian jailer and his family and the miracle that happened there. Maybe the demon-possessed girl that was delivered by the power of the gospel and set free, and we believe uh, she came to know Christ, and, and Lydia and those surrounding her as God did that greater work. And so Paul was thankful, uh, and he was thankful for the partnership of the gospel that they had. And, and that word partnership is one that we might often think of as fellowship because it's koinonia in the Greek, and, and it means that they have things in common. And what they have in common is the power of the gospel that saved sinners and uh, no matter what their background was, and Paul and Timothy had unique backgrounds. Paul was a persecutor of the church, now a proclaimer of that gospel truth that set him free. And uh, so he understands that, but he's thankful that there is a diverse, even imperfect group of people that find a common bond in the fellowship of the gospel. And so uh, he, with great joy, is remembering and he's giving thanks to them. And then in verse 6, he said, and I'm sure of this. And this is a verse to put to memory for every one of us. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Paul is saying to us that he has great confidence in that the God who began salvation is the God who continues that work of salvation and holds them in his care, keeps them, and he is the same God that will complete that salvation in their life. So it's a reminder that what God began to do, his promise is, I will complete it. And that means that, that when we go through difficult seasons of life and, and circumstances may not be easy or good, that we can rejoice and find joy and knowing that God has begun a great work in us called that work of salvation, we have been saved, but also the promise that even in this moment, this season, we are being saved. And that's that work of sanctification, but with the anticipation that we shall be saved. And so uh, verse 6 is just a good one to, to park on and, and memorize and repeat back to ourselves in days that, that are struggle days. Look at verse 7. He said, this attitude of gratitude is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart. That phrase might also be translation, translated that they, they hold Paul in their heart as well as a relationship. For you are all partakers with me of grace. You remember, Paul's already identified himself as a bondservant. Uh, and now a partner in grace. I'm one of you, and, and, you know, we celebrate this life together in Christ. He said, here's how you partner with me. You didn't abandon me when I'm in prison. Uh, in fact, you've prayed for me. You've sent financial means to me, and also you're standing in defense of the truth of the gospel, the confirmation of the gospel. Uh, verse 8, for God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. Uh, God's in this prison with me. He knows what my heart is, and, and I long for you with the love of Christ. And that is a very intimate, personal, family kind of comment that, that Paul is pouring out to them. Then verses 9 through 11, Paul 
praise. He actually intercedes for them as he's expressed great joy for them. Now he pours out his heart in prayer. And, and, and this is really what we do when we love people. Uh, when we really, really love people, we overflow with prayer. And Paul is practicing that, demonstrating that, and this prayer is a good one for application. In verse 9, he prays um, that, that their love may abound more and more. Literally, their love may overflow more and more. It's not a love that they manufacture, but it's the love that they have received from Christ. And it's God's love in them uh, through the power of the gospel that is abounding more and more with knowledge and with discernment. And I think that's important. This, this love of Christ is not a love that's just emotional. Uh, it does not change with the cultural trends, but it is a love based upon biblical truth and in that biblical truth, there is discernment of uh, what is right and what is good and what he says next, what is excellent. And, uh, and so that love, uh, may it abound more and more with knowledge and discernment so that you may approve what is excellent, what is right, and what is good. Uh, that, that word approve means more than simple acknowledgement. Uh, of what is right and true, uh, but it, it means uh, to, um, to study, to examine, and based upon that understanding to affirm that this is right and this is true, to be tested. Um, and then he said, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And, and in one word, we would call that sanctification. Paul is praying for their growth uh, spiritually to be conformed more and more into the image of Christ, that they grow to be pure and blameless for that day in which they will stand uh, before their Savior. Um, so he is pouring his heart out to them and praying for their love to abound, for them to grow, uh, as I would say it, up in Christ's likeness, to be more like Christ day by day but also for them to be um, productive and, and bear fruit, that they will be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. And, and John elaborates on that in Abide, that, that Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branch. If anyone who remains, abides in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But it is the fruit of the life of Christ that is in us, uh, that Paul is praying for them to grow up into, to work out that salvation day by day to be more like Christ. And here's the ultimate goal, to the glory and praise of God. And so, uh, so much packed in that there's several things you can pull out about how Paul uh, prays specifically for them. But uh, I want to leave you with this. This prayer is something that we can repeat uh, it's not just a prayer to know that Paul prayed. Uh, there's nothing in this prayer that should cause us to minimize what it can mean for our life today. Uh, so we can say we can pray this prayer for us and for others. Every Christian should be concerned about growing in love, growing in our knowledge and understanding, growing in purity, and growing in righteousness, all for the purpose of bringing glory and praise to God. And so that's Paul's heart. He's praying that they'll grow up in Christ. 
and that their life will bring God honor and glory in the end. And, uh, and so we're going to see him coming alongside of them uh, and help them work out this prayer in the days ahead. It's good. Uh, so at the end of your uh, time, of course, you'll have the questions and discussion regarding our measures as a church and then some live it out points. I want to highlight one of the uh, measures, and I think that Tim just kind of, you know, perfectly hit on uh, where we're going with this. But as your pastors at this church, one of our joys is to pray this same kind of prayer for you. Uh, and certainly we pray it for each other and for ourselves as well. Uh, but, but we do, we, we pray this prayer for everybody who comes to Liberty, uh, that their love would abound more and more in, uh, knowledge and in discernment, uh, in God's gracious mode of provision, he's given us some ways that we can very practically, uh, answer that work to the answering of that prayer through spending time with him. And so one of the questions in our measures content is what are you as a child who knows God, right? What are you doing to grow closer to God so that your love may abound more and more? Uh, what are you doing to study, to learn more about him, to increase your knowledge of him um, so that you, you love him more, you love others more, and, and in the end, you love the word more, uh, which leads you outward? And I think it's a really great question to ask your, your group. Uh, we're always surprised to see you know, how, how folks are doing with or without their, uh, their time with the Lord on a daily basis. So that's important. Uh, as we come to the live it out section, uh, two really, really great, really practical means that we're going to ask you guys to lead your group in this go around. The first one is that we want you to write down five things that you are thankful to God for. Um, again, go back to the beginning of our time, walking through the scripture, understand how important that is in your battle against, uh, anxiety, against depression, against discontent, um, and then give thanks for all five of those things every day this week. So leave that note in your Bible or uh, put it on your, on your mirror in your bathroom or on your dashboard in the car, wherever, uh, and give thanks. And then, uh, second, write a note, a text, or an email to express your gratitude to someone who's blessed you. Pray for them specifically, and then let them know that that's what you're doing. So just think that one's really easy to follow through on, but you'll never know how much it means when somebody gets that text of, hey, you were an important player in my life. You played a role in my life, my walk with the Lord, and I just want to say thank you. Um, just want to say I love you. Just want to say that I'm praying for you with whatever you're walking through today. Uh, if you've received one of those, you know how meaningful that is, so we want to encourage you and your people to to do that this week. Those are so such practical ways to live out, to apply uh, the truth of God's Word in our lives. So thank you for that challenge. Uh, we'll wrap up our time together. I will remind you, life group leaders, about uh, an upcoming uh, on event that will be on August the 20th. Uh, we as a church get to, we get to celebrate uh, Tim's 25th uh, anniversary. That's a big deal, 25 years. So we want to celebrate that, and we're going to celebrate it in a way uh, when Tim, on his, uh, not long after arriving at Liberty, there was an ice cream social to celebrate the arrival, and 25 years later, we want to have an anniversary reception and an ice cream social. social. Wow. Uh, that? Easy for you to say. <laughs> yes, almost. August the 20th, that's a Sunday afternoon from 5 until 6 p.m., in the East venue. So, so 25 years ago, it was all homemade ice cream. Is that going to be the same? Um, you could wish that it would be. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a cheat day for those that are on diet. So. That's right. Yeah. Come on. 
we want you to be there, especially off-campus groups. Make it a priority to, to be there that evening, 5 until 6. Just come in, uh, give them a high five, eat some ice cream. And then as a group, uh, don't, don't miss meeting together that night. Maybe it's not a normal night. Maybe you go out to eat. Maybe you, uh, maybe you do go to the house and, and have an abbreviated lesson. But, uh, but be sure that you guys meet together on that evening. So thank you for joining us for this podcast. Uh, we are looking forward to seeing you on Sunday.